Good evens, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to episode 19. Hi, how are you going? I'm your host, Bob Evans. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. Make yourself at home. If you've been listening to previous episodes for a while, thanks for coming back. If you've been enjoying the Bobcast, I'd love it if you could rate and review it favorably on iTunes. That would be awesome. Um, I also want to say a really big thank you to everybody who's come to see me play on my tour. I just started my Lonesome Highways tour. Uh, the first week was great. It was awesome. Uh, I did Canberra, Newcastle and the Central Coast and they were all really, really fun shows. So thank you for coming out. i got lots and lots of shows left on this tour. Uh, I'm just going to quickly run through them. On Wednesday the 3rd of May I'll be in Katoomba. On Friday the 5th of May in Sydney at the Camelot Lounge. On Saturday the 6th of May in Cronulla at the Brass Monkey. Sunday the 7th of May, Bulleye Heritage Hotel. Thursday the 11th of May, Toowoomba, the Spotted Cow. Friday the 12th of May, Bellingen, 5 Church Street. That's almost sold out. Saturday the 13th of May in Brisbane at Black Bear Lodge. On the 1st of June I'll be in in Rye at Baja. On the 2nd of June, I'll be at the Croxton in Melbourne. On the 3rd of June, at the Workers' Club in Geelong. On the 8th of June, I'll be at the Grace Emily Hotel in Adelaide. And on the 9th of June, I will be at the Bridge Hotel in Castle, Maine, Victoria. Uh, All tickets to those shows can be bought from bobevans.com.au, my website. And if you buy a ticket online to a show, you get a free six-track uh, a free six-track EP of, of unreleased demo recordings from my garage, free for you, as my way of saying thank you. Um, okay, uh, on to the Bobcast. My guest for this episode 19 is my old mate Dave Elaine, who plays guitar in Australia's greatest rock and roll band, You Am I, um, but he also makes solo records as well. Um, I've known Davey for a while. He's an awesome guy. I'm so glad I got to chat with him. It was a really fun chat. In fact, the last few podcasts that I've done have just been my favourite ones. You know, I've really, really enjoyed them. Um, but uh, yeah, if, there's quite a bit of swearing, quite a bit of swearing in this one. So if you don't like the sweary words, be warned. Probably maybe don't listen to this podcast if you don't like the sweary words because there is quite a lot of them. Um, don't forget the Spotify uh Playlist, Good Evans, it's a Bobcast soundtrack, has all the songs that we talk about. Uh, We have a really great chat. I hope you enjoy it. I think that's everything I need to say. Uh, Good, okay, episode 19 of Good Evans, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to the Bobcast, Mr. Davey Lane. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, yeah. well, thanks for having me. No, I mean, you've invited me around to your house and we're um, sitting in your garage studio. Makeshift garage slash, yeah. It's nice. I really like it. It it's, reminds me of mine in the sense that it's a garage, but yeah. yours just seems a little bit kind of warmer. Well, uh, well I think <laughs> I've, I've, got, well, I've got this lovely floral carpet yeah. here, which... Um, 
was uh, I, I commandeered from my uh, parents-in-law, and um, I've got this uh, on 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 the front wall here, which I've built as a little soundproof thing. I've got this kind kind of Rishikesh inspired, um, ah. which was uh, th- three bucks a meter at, right, at, a, <laughs> at a spotlight. So nice. Um, nice. No, it looks very studio-ish. I mean, it's a work. That's like a that's a sort of pattern that you would see in a lot of studios well, like, that, well that was it like, that was what like baff- on baffles and stuff like that warming to it yeah, yeah so it's a work in progress but it, it'll yeah it, it gets the job done for now today is anzac day that's right uh, as we record this so it's a public everybody's well i think most a lot of people have the day off not everybody some yeah. people are still working my eldest daughter she has just started school right and this yeah. is the first year where she's actually asked where she's heard that it's Anzac Day, she realizes that she's got she would normally go to school today and she doesn't have to. Yeah, Anzac Day has obviously been mentioned enough in the last kind of few days around the place for her to. Come. So she's like, "What's Anzac Day?" What's and the, so yeah, and that was this morning over over breakfast, and so I was kind of like going, "Oh, you know, um, it's like a day where uh, we in people in Australia and New Zealand reflect on the." People that have fought wars for for the, their countries and and lost their lives and mm. and I was trying to kind of be like you know trying to put in a bit of a sort of moral lesson of like you know because yeah she was asking why to, you know were there wars and stuff and I was like you know basically because adults are dickheads yeah and sometimes yeah, I said it's like when you and Ivy her sister it's like when you have fights like sometimes when big countries have fights like instead of like just saying nasty things they like you know shoot each other and kill each other and yeah. drop bombs and stuff so basically and this, i was yeah. trying to sort of you know get across this message that war was really stupid and futile and, mm. and terrible but then she kind of said oh i think i'd like to go to war one day and i was like no no uh, no no that's that, not that's, that's, what, what have i said what what have you just heard <laughs> like what have i said have you not long? gleaned anything from <laughs> i don't know how how that happened? Well, I think, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the context of, of Anzac Day, like you say, is it's it's a it's a commemorative thing, in as much as you know, like that they use, you know, obviously use the the uh, the landing of Gallipoli yeah, as yeah. a sort of um, that's what they talk about as like the Anzac spirit began at Gallipoli, right? Because well, yeah, I guess yeah. that was the first time that Australia had been involved in a over in war, oh. I think. Uh, well, yeah, and I, we've been jumping into them ever since. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's like, um, and I mean, it's like, and something for you know, for for people to remember. I mean, it was, it was a, it was, it's, it's a commemoration of like, of 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 loss on it on an unbelievable yeah, scale. Yeah. It was like twenty five thousand. Yeah. I mean, just talking about that that particular battle itself, but um, and at, like you say, it's like you know, it is, it is. A, a good time to uh, to ponder on the, the on the futility of it all. Uh, it's 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 there to remind us that that it, that it doesn't do us any good going to war. But yeah, like you said, it doesn't fucking stop us from doing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, well, that's the thing. I mean, I get terribly frustrated in in more recent times how Australia sort of seems to have adopted this stance of like, and any time America gets involved in anything, mm. we're like. We're there. You don't even need to ask. Yeah. We're, we're there. In fact, like, uh, not that long ago, you know, Tony, Tony Abbott was basically begging to send fucking planes over to... Yeah. Um, and that is frustrating. And America, America's little puppy dog. Yeah, yeah. Know, and, like, I, and I think that's... I don't 
that frustrates me. But I don't know. I feel conflicted. About conflicted. It. So that's yeah, what I'm yeah, trying to say. Absolutely. I can <laughs> Just got empathise with that. Even yeah. though it is a base of a conflict. But um. Yeah. But yeah, because obviously, absolutely, I think that it's important for the people who have served, for the families of the people who have served, yep. um, to um, to have time, you know, given to reflect and to uh, talk about, you know, what's, what's happened. And, and it's important for people to have some level of education generally about about the history, you know, Absolutely. the history yeah, of our yeah. country and what we've done. And I think all of that stuff is is really important. But then there's another side of the of it that I feel a little bit uncomfortable with when sometimes like we've sort of can sometimes celebrate is it the sort of the, the chest beating kind of yeah celebrate yeah. the idea I mean and and the other thing I was thinking too and I was watching the TV today and people are doing these pilgrimages mostly young Australians yeah. going over to the where to Gallipoli to, to the Turkey, landing yeah, and stuff yeah. and doing the whole thing there and um and it struck me as I was watching this vision of people going through these security checks and t- Turkish sort of armed soldiers and stuff patting them down as they enter the site. And it struck me like, that's a pretty fucking cool thing for the Turkish people to do. You know, because a shitload of Turkish people lost their lives too. That's, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Absolutely. You know, on, and, and it could, that could be perceived by Turkish people. I'm just imagining, trying to put myself in their shoes, as like people coming to and I use inverted commas here it's the people on the winning side well, yeah, I don't believe yeah. that there is such a thing is, as winners yeah, yeah. but people who won the war in inverted commas coming to sort of yeah I mean I, I, I think like, I mean look you know the, the the actual cove where the, the the Australian soldiers landed is now called I mean it's it's called Anzac Cove now I mean I think that's like a like a, is it just us to call it Anzac Cove though or does it have a proper I, I was under the under the impression, possibly, um, possibly misconception that that, that <laughs> if, if if I'm wrong, then um, then I'll, uh, I'll look. I'll, I think <laughs> it's cool because people aren't. I'm pretty sure people aren't coming to this podcast to get a history lesson. No, so, yeah, yeah. Hey, know, we're anything a couple, that we of, say. couple of musicians, you know. <laughs> we aim to entertain. We don't, you know. We yeah. We're we, here to bring joy, and uh, we, we'll talk a lot. Of, we'll. You know, I always find myself talking a lot about things that I I, I heard once that, well, I think I was told. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Look, I remember don't reading Don't quote me on yet. this. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this I will foggy, espouse my opinion. <laughs> this foggy memory could be a fact, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I absolutely I agree with you 100% on, um, like for, for me personally, like most years when I can, I go and do the march with my father who's... Whose father was uh, flew for the the, uh, the Royal New Zealand Air Force, yeah, right. and he was in the fleet air arm, which is sort of like the uh, the seaborne seaborne wing of the Royal Air Force okay, in the yeah, Korean yeah. War. Right. So he um, he passed away um, about eight years ago now, and just um, your granddad. Yeah, right. yeah. In in terms of like for my father and I, even though I wasn't able to do it this year, like we we kind of do it when we can as a basically just as a mark of respect for my granddad, mm. and mm. I, I I really do get something out of putting my granddad's medals on, and like yeah, you know yeah. he can't be here to do it himself, so wow. there's I mean there's it's a pretty emotionally charged yeah, morning yeah. for for my both my dad and I when we can do it, but. 
like yeah, you do. I mean, I do see that kind of um, you know off to the sidelines that kind of like you know even to to quote somebody as I was as I was walking past either last year or the year before and said like. Fucking Australian flag, mate. Best fucking flag in the world. Yes. Yeah, yeah. all the other fucking flags suck. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're not implying any, uh, you know, like, I, you know, like, you're not saying anything uh, inflammatory, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I know what the implication is. Yeah. It's, and it's just similar with, like, Australia Day and stuff. They in, invoke in, you know, not, not everybody, but in mm. pockets. Yeah. Um, a nationalism that I think can then it starts to get kind of dangerous. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. Well, there were those couple of years that when the big day out was still uh, uh, going yes. concern, and they would uh, like, they, Sydney big day out would would usually fall on Australian Australia. They stopped day, people bringing flags and stuff. Yeah, it caused and it caused quite a bit of controversy. Yeah, but yeah. obviously they did it for a reason. Of course, because <laughs> people, you know. People who who weren't kissing the, the the Australian flag were getting their heads kicked in and like yeah. what fucking point do you prove from? Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. It's from it's, that. You know, yeah, it's, blind that blind kind of patriotism. I think and nationalism is is really dangerous. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I guess. But yeah, like I said before, I mean, it's just about trying to, um, I think, have that balance. You know. Mm. Um, of like respect and considered kind of education about it the day without sort of turning it into something that it that it was that it isn't and it wasn't exactly you know? yeah I think to be like it's 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 great to be proud and patriotic obviously but like but you really should be informed is the is the is the uh, yeah my uninformed opinion <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I want to start off with the music stuff asking you. Mm. Um, a bit about your backstory, I suppose. What was your upbringing like? Did you have was was music a big sort of factor in your childhood? What sort of you know? Yeah, none of my family played music. My my dad was born here, but moved to England when he was very young. Right, grew up there, and moved out. Uh, moved back to Australia in nineteen seventy four or thereabouts. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. So he moved back to Melbourne and met my mum, who her family are Italian. They grew up in uh, Albert Park. Yeah, so my my mum and dad were, were, especially my dad were, were, were music fans. He had a, a lot of stuff that, like to this day, like which is you know, like you could you could classify as guilty pleasure kind of oh, stuff. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, your yeah. ELOs and your yeah. like. And Can yeah. I just say I'll cut in on the guilty pleasure thing? And I, you know, I know that you prefaced it by saying what yeah. you would say is good. And I'd like to suffix it with something yeah. as well after you say what you say. You know, um, our friend uh, Claire Bowditch, and she uh, works at, uh, does ABC Radio now, and she has this regular segment called uh, Guilty Pleasure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, has people coming in and yeah. and they choose a song that kind of fits under that banner. And yeah, um, and yeah, I absolutely understand. You know, the reason for the terminology, but I just want to sort of put it on record that. Um, I it's my personal belief that we should never ever feel guilty. Guilty. About yes. <laughs> yes. I think that, and that's the thing. I I, I kind of cr- cringe a little. I don't even know why why I said it then because I am of that you're putting stance it, exactly as well. Yeah, like but like, you're putting it into the context. Of, of, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though ELO is sort of having a you know, nowadays, it's like they they are sort of having a bit of a resurgence in popularity again. Yeah. But like. 
I think like if yeah, if if you love it, why should you feel fucking feel yeah, guilty about it? Absolutely, yeah. Elo started to become cool again or popular again in my life when I got turned on to them. And when somebody has right. said, "Hey, check, have you ever listened to Elo?" Oh, I recognised a couple of songs, but no. And then you know, gave me a CD, and I was like, "Fuck, this is awesome!" I yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and it sort of sort of makes me think like, do you think like kids these days would even consider stuff as guilty pleasures like does the idea of a guilty pleasure come from the fact that we grew up or we were part of one of the last eras i suppose of like music tribalism you know where you sort of you know you aligned yourself with a particular kind of genre or style or whatever and that was your kind of team whereas nowadays it seems like kids because of the way that music is consumed now it's so yeah. so different and they've got the whole fucking history of the world of music at their fingertips yeah it seems like all that that, that sort of tribalism has kind of disappeared and kids listen to fucking everything absolutely so, yeah. do you reckon that they I, would... I, I find like yeah young you know meeting younger folks <laughs> <laughs> you're still a young fuck well you know I fuck I'm no spring chicken but like <laughs> meeting younger folks who are like it, it, it definitely like yeah like open mind and they they, they are into like uh, I don't know, like they are into like kind of like '90s pop stuff, and like you know, the stuff that was probably for for them growing up as kids was mm. was was being played around the house. But I mean, I I found like growing up, you couldn't really like say say to. I mean, even for, like for, for me, I'm a lifelong card carrying Beatles nerd. Yeah, yeah. At school in the kind of like early to mid '90s, that was it was very very uncool to be a. It's, a Beatles it's true. I, I remember. I remember that time, Davey. I do. And and you know what? And I'm going to make a confession here. The reason why I remember that well is not because I was at that stage a card carrying Beatles fan. Um, I was actually I was on that other side. I was on the side that was like I I can distinctly remember like in about um, actually it was a fucking it was a UMI show. Right. And it was before you were in the band. Yeah. And. There was, uh, and Jeb and I were playing it, and there was another band, local band playing, they must have been on just before us, and they were like super, they were like real Beatles-esque. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, like the more, the earlier Beatles kind of right, vibe. Right, yeah, mop toppy kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. And they were sort of doing their very obvious take on that, and um, so this would have been in about 95 or 96. Yeah. And I, I, thought, I thought it was shit. I thought that just like you said, you know that like. But that... did did you think it was shit because, it was was it a stylistic thing or was it yes. the thing of like they were just being, it was just like a bit too much of a pastiche. Because I was or... so much into the fucking nineties that yeah. I thought anything that happened before the nineties, pretty much. I mean, I I don't I never I wasn't like out there yelling this opinion from the streets. <laughs> yeah. But when I look back and. Think about what was going on in my head back then. I may not have been going around and telling everybody, but I know that in my heart of hearts, I was just listening to music from the nineties and nothing else. I was, uh, you know, right. and, and and only you know stuff with guitars. Now that changed, you know, by the by the time sort of we get to ninety seven, ninety eight, you know, started to broaden my horizons, and and then I I didn't really start to become a card carrying Beatles nut till probably I was in my early twenties, so probably like. Turn of the around two thousand. Yeah, know? okay, um, yep, yep, yep. That, And then the obsession began by getting one album, then the net, and another. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and having that moment, and I don't know if you ever had this, but maybe this was something that happened because I got into them later. But having that moment where 
every time I get a new record and got more and more into it and listen to the record and go, oh, fuck, I know this song. Oh, oh shit, is that a Venus song? Oh, I, I love this song. I know Venus. And you know, like I discovered that I knew so many of these songs without, it, but just because they'd been sort of in the background of my life. Well, exactly. All, all the they're time. they're ingrained. Like yeah. so many of them. Yeah. It's it's, fu- it's funny you mention that because I, I came from, I mean my my introduction to to nineties, to like, you know the current music of yeah, the yeah. era. I was <laughs> music I'm growing up in, was through. I mean, it, it was it was it was almost the the, the polar opposite yeah, to yeah. that. And that, like, I was living it like you know like my my dad had you know wings in his record collection and like so I was like oh yeah I like this band Wings and dad's like oh well the, the guy in Wings was in this band before Wings if you <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you yeah. want to check him out and yeah. so bought me Beatles so and my dad loved the Who as well and basically yeah. it was the Who, it was him playing me the Who that was, that was like playing me like Kids Are Right movie and I'm like seeing Pete Townsend play an SG on stage at Woodstock and I'm like yeah, fuck yeah. that's what yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I want yeah. to do like yeah. I want to wear a fucking white boiler suit and swing my arm around <laughs> and um so it was for, for for a few years there. I was just I was just fixated with sixties music. It was like yeah. the Who and the Kinks and the Stones and Beatles, blah 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 blah. And with that, so were you in high school still? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was. I would have just. I started high school in ninety three. So okay, yeah, I right. finished ninety eight. So. Um, so were you listening to the Beatles and the Who when you were in primary school? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Like from about, I reckon. Seven or eight, I reckon. Like my yeah, dad first wow. played me like the Who, and I'm like, wow, that's so. And it it was actually a few years after that that I picked up a guitar and say, started yeah. started learning to play. But like anyway, like fast forward from that a few years, and and um, it, it it was it was through my you know my uh, my narrow minded like tunnel visioned obsession with with sixties music yeah. that. I mean, I probably would have, I probably would have heard things like, you know, yeah, I probably would have heard things like Berlin Chair and stuff when that was coming out. But like, but it was through like picking up on bands like, you know, Supergrass's first record yeah, yeah. and like hearing UMI do Kathy's Clown on the radio and it's like, oh fuck, this is like a band from today, but they sound like the, right. the bands yeah, that yeah. I fucking love, yeah. love from the sixties. Yeah, yeah. This is fucking great. And then <laughs> from, from from there, that opened my mind into right. like, okay, like that. There's like you know, like broaden the periphery, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you know, from, from from there, it was just like, oh my god, there's so much, there's so much fucking great music happening right now in Australia. From like you know, from UMI, got got into like fucking Snout and your band, and like even and you know, like the the Meanies and all this other yeah, yeah. all this other fucking great stuff yeah, yeah. that was that was happening at that time, yeah. and. Yeah, so it was via it was you know it was coming from my like narrow minded kind of like obsession with sixty stuff. Right? <laughs> that's so but funny. That, that's how I found out about those kind of bands. Yeah. yeah. In high school, were you going out? Uh, did you go to all ages shows? And did you sort of get into that whole scene? Yeah. Well, there was there was a there was a place in um, Croydon called EVs. Did you ever play there? Ah, doesn't sound familiar. I saw the Meanies there. Once okay. and fuck, I think I might. I think I might have seen Snout there as well. I can't yeah. remember, but my dad took me to see Paul McCartney at the MCG in nineteen ninety three. Wow, like, that was my first concert. But like, wow. 
So is that so is that Paul? That wasn't Wings. That was just Paul. That was him on his own with with, doing the whole catalogue of yeah, doing like doing you know you know finishing with the Abbey Road medley and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. My first proper gig was a friend of mine who was a couple of years. His name was Roman Fighter. His name is Roman Fighter. (laughs) (laughs) His name was Roman Fighter. His name was. This is going back a little ways, <laughs> but um, he snuck. He was he was a couple of years old, older than me. So he was a couple, oh, and and I always sort of gravitated towards like people who were a couple of, a couple of years older than me because yeah. they were you know they're a bit cooler and they knew more about music. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like I, I, I you know, wanted to hang out with the, with those guys. Yeah. So he took me to the tote when I was like, would have been like thirteen or fourteen. And um, the the new Christ were playing like Rob okay, Young's yeah, yeah. band, yep. and that like that blew my fucking head. I mean, that, that was the first time I've ever like stood in front of a fucking PA, yeah, and watched a fucking punk rock band play. Yeah, you know? like that was that was for me. That was, and I did actually did a show with Rob Younger a few months ago, and like he goes, oh, thank you, thank you very much. I like I enjoy your guitar playing, and so I said, well, dude, like you. I came to see your band's show in like it would have been like nine fuck like nine ninety four or something ninety five something like that. Yeah, you know, like I mean that 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 just kind of solidified for me, and so yep, yeah, I, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do this. I want to. It was just um that was that f- was quite a defining moment. Yeah, for me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, similar for me, but the all, going to all ages gigs was was a pretty defining shift for me because I think just being a part of the live, like experiencing that live thing. Yeah. Like where all of a sudden, and, and you and I were, were one of the first all ages shows I went to, I think maybe I might've even been the second one I ever went to. Yeah. Um, and just that realization that that music that you've been getting into, you know, on your Walkman or whatever, <laughs> suddenly you were in a fucking room full of sweaty kids yeah and the band and blasting out of a massive PA yeah and everyone's fucking moshing and crowd surfing and <laughs> um you know I think like that's just left such a massive impression yeah all of a sudden it stopped it became so real and that opened up the idea in my head of like oh fuck well if maybe I could do this too. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think that that, that like, yeah. I mean, just just the just having that thing of, of seeing people in front of you on yeah. on a stage. They're like it's, real it's humans. Like, it's, it's like, like yeah, actually, oh, yeah. It's human. I mean, it's like came from this like, and seeing the physicality of it, yeah. like you know, like seeing bands up there fucking playing and yeah. Because when you're at that age, you know. When I was in my teenage years, and I was, you know, starting to write and starting to kind of learn guitar and all that kind of stuff, and really, really starting to become more and more obsessed with music. Listening to music, all I was really hearing was like the end result. All right, you yeah. know, the 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 finished recording of this. I didn't know, like, even though I was starting to write my own songs and stuff, I had no understanding about how the people that made that noise made it. I didn't know how they did it. Right, you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just heard this fucking thing that I love, this music that I love, yeah. that had this energy and all these things that I dug, but I had no idea how it fucking happened. But going yeah. to a gig and seeing people with, you know, just like actually watching them fucking do it. Right, right, right. All of a sudden I was like, right, okay. It's so now like it's, the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, it's it. kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> now I've got this kind of other, this now it all of a sudden it become three-dimensional, you know, and yeah. 
yeah, it just kind of, I guess, yeah, opened that sort of opened that yeah. door in my mind. And I think, and, I, and it's, it's probably quite obvious, but I look, think back on the, that time with such reverence still, you know, because yeah. it was just such a, such a brilliant, I mean, I guess a lot of people probably look back on their formative years with, there's a lot of bad shit that happens at that time too, but just the discovery, discovering your passion and yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so that's like, exciting. you know, like, and of course that's going to have, you know, like extra sort of uh, emotional and sentimental weight to it because that's like, you know, like that's informed yeah. what you have done with your life. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, as, as, and same goes, you know, for anyone who has a passion for anything that they've like, that they've pursued, it's, it's, um, yeah, but that 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 moment when when the penny drops yeah. is like is is something that you you kind of always you always go back to. Yeah. But how long was it like when when you from from that you know that that thing of seeing a few all ages shows and like starting to write songs that you yeah. like got got your band together was that? Um, well, the band got together in '95. I started going to shows in probably '93. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was very. Very soon, and I already yeah. was friends with the guys in Jebediah at that stage. We just hadn't started right. the band, but we were all at school together and stuff. Yeah, um, and it was Ness who took me to my first fucking gig. She, oh, really? Yeah, yeah she, right. She took me to it was a lo- it was an all age show of local local lineup. Though. The ageless Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, though, I think because she doesn't too, fucking age. I know. I don't know what's going what's, on. What's what's she's um because she's two years older than me, and so I think back to that all age show, and I'm pretty sure she would have already been eighteen. But right. she took. And then there was a group of us. Some would have been over eighteen, and some would have been my age, sixteen. And but yeah, she took us this all ages show, and I look back and just think, oh fuck, like that's pretty cool because you were old enough to like go to the night, the show in the evening, right? <laughs> you right, took yeah, us yeah. This, like afternoon show of kids yeah. were like there was like would have been fucking fourteen year olds and shit there. And yeah, you couldn't buy drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lining we lining up for it. Weed anyway, for everyone was a stoner, so <laughs> no one's really interested in booze yet. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. um. But yeah. Like I also um, this the smell of the gig was also this thing that was really stuck with me. There was this very particular smell at a gig, but I could not put my finger on what it was. Going to all these all ages shows and stuff, I just there was this particular smell, and it happened every single time, and I never smelled it anywhere else, and I didn't know why these gigs, but it became it it became part of the experience, right? Yes. Yeah. It just getting that smell would excite me. Then years later. Playing in a band uh, myself, <laughs> yeah. playing shows, and the first time I smelt the fucking smoke machine, I was like, "That's the fucking smell!" Oh, That's really right. That 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 smoke that machines. that sweet kind yes. of like it's. It's a sweet perfumey yeah, kind of... It's a sweet musky kind of smell. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, yeah. That smell was basically, for me, that was the smell of live rock and roll. Right, Every right, time I right. live, that was a sensory overload of these smoke machines. Yeah. Yeah, the penny dropped one day when I smelled it and I suddenly made that connection. I was like, it's the fucking smoke machine. <laughs> but as a kid in the audience, you don't see the smoke machine. I mean, I just, I wasn't even, you know, it's all just part of the show. And you're not, I don't remember thinking too deeply about like, where was that smoke coming from? I was just like, yeah, it's all smoky. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, for me, it was stale beer. Like, yes. And I didn't even know until, uh, so, you know, like, I was going to the tote. And, like, yeah. and so, you know, even though now, like, they've, they've you know, they've replaced the carpet and, like, they... That's quite nice now. Last time I was played a gig there, it was like, fuck, this, this is... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really a great nice. PA in there now. And, um, but it's still, I mean, it's, it still smells like some stale yeah. beer. Yeah. So, Let's fast forward because I, this is a story that I really want to go in deep with because I think it's 
utterly fascinating. And even though I kind of know a patchwork of this of this story, I've never once sort of actually sat down with you and kind of got the, gone in deep or got the whole thing <laughs> from the beginning. Right. I just know the kind of I know the the kind of uh, skim red version. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the story of how you came to be a member of UMI, I think it's a you know a really fascinating and unique story. So take us back to the yeah how that all started and yeah, well going back. I mean, this would be going back to like 90, 96, 97 and I was like you know I, I loved Haifa. I actually kind of missed Sounders ever because I'd like. Hi-Fi Way was the record I came in on, and yeah, then yeah. Sanders ever later on, but like yeah. Hi-Fi Way was one. It was like, holy shit, like I was saying before, this is a band that like sounds like all, you know, they sound like the, yeah. the Who, and they sound like the Kinks, and they sound like all these fucking, I mean, but they sound, that they, they, they didn't, they, they weren't, didn't sound like a pastiche of anything, but they no. just had that, you know, look, look, Russ had that kind of drumming, had that incredible drumming style, and, yeah. and, um, Tim had that kind of, you know, real clangy kind of guitar sound that, that I love. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was... So you would have been in late high school, what year in high school? Uh, kind, of, kind of middle of high school, like, yeah. because I finished in 98. My, my, and this was just, just not, probably not long after I started playing guitar as well. So, so I sat down with the records. And I did the same with, like, you know, with the Supergrass records yeah. and, 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 and whatnot. But I would, like, sit down and kind of work out and try, try and work out from from ear how to play them and then I realised that like with a, a lot of the UMI stuff that there was like I kept trying to like move my hands to work the chords and they they never quite sounded right and yeah. then I think it was maybe seeing like a lot something live on TV because I didn't actually see them until 96 or 97 yeah, I right. think wow. so and so and he's it was, oh right he's he's using different tuning yeah, so right. I was just like experimenting with with, with, with different tunings just to try and figure out what he was doing. Like so for getting... any guitar nerds that are maybe listening to this podcast, um, what are what are what's like one of the classic kind of go to tunings? Well, he would like he'd drop the A string down. We're talking about Tim Rogers here. Tim, Tim Rogers, yeah, yeah. Tim would drop the A string down to G, or he would drop the. Oh, oh yeah, I won't get too. Um, muso on it, but like he dropped the the higher two strings down from B and E to A and D. Oh yeah, yeah. So I ended up getting in touch with this um, fellow named Danny Yao, who's doing a UMI website, and this was a school holidays, and I was fucking bored, and I was a bit of a nerd. I didn't really have that many friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I just sit at home and like, and uh, I got in touch with this guy Danny, and so oh, I'll um. I noticed that he had a couple of people who had written out kind of tabs for them and yeah. like, and, and not to not, not to get uppity about them, but, but, about it, but I was like, no, I could, oh, I fuck, do I could better. do better yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent in a couple. When you know, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, so. wait, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> but I sent in a couple of, a couple of those to him and then um, he, he, I think he wrote back and said, no, these are great. That If you can do some more, like just, do them as as you go. So I ended up doing. Does Danny like, play guitar? He he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up doing. I think like you know, you know, as much of Hi-Fi Way and Hourly Daily as 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 I could. And then yeah. like when Number Four Record came out, I did that as well. 
this was and then like fast forward to about 98 i went up to sydney to see you and my play at the Enmore. okay so and why did you because so this so you, you were living in melbourne yeah so why did you travel up to sydney to watch him well because because danny who was who was running it ended up like was kind of it wasn't their official website but he had something yeah. to, back in the days back in, it the, was yeah, like back, that back in the yeah day. yeah you had some kid <laughs> to, did, you, did your fucking website for you? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was this new thing that everyone in bands who were like t- too old to know what the fuck was going on exactly. and how to do it. It's so true. Yeah, the kids were all over geocities.com. Exactly, yeah. So, um, I think... It's exactly I the same as Jeb's. You know, right, right. Our website and then eventually one day when it got to the point where, you know, it, it became, you know, necessary and we just started paying him. It's like, well, you've been doing it the last three years. Maybe <laughs> 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 well, we'll, we'll start. How about we start paying you for it, and then you yeah, know, you can keep doing it. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so he, I think, like, I think maybe Danny had said, "Come up to, come up to Sydney. Like, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go to this Enmore show, and like, you know, like I've spoken to Rusty, and can come meet Rusty. And I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That's a they jumped on the bus. No uh, way! Yeah, yeah, did, did, got, did the bus up to oh, Sydney? Like, That'd be a long haul. It was like twelve hours or oh, something. Shit. Yeah, I think it was overnight as well. So it was, um, like, was fucking... the Hume Highway operational at that point in time? <laughs> but I think it might have been the the, the Hume. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I but I remember think... the early years of touring. You, you had to go a different way. Right. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, there's definitely it's definitely a lot easier. They've they've shaved a couple of hours yeah, off yeah. it now, yeah. but. Um, so got the bus up to Sydney and then, um, Danny, uh, Danny said, um, I was like, oh, there's this tour they're doing that they play this song that they were doing off number four record, which had just come out called come home with me. And Tim would get someone up on stage to play guitar and Danny's like, oh, I, I asked him and I'm going to get up and play. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so went up met him and ended up meet, meeting Rusty and he was lovely and then like met Tim briefly and I, I probably asked him some fucking nerdy bullshit question that like I'm probably would be pretty embarrassed about now I, I, I don't know I don't remember exactly what it was but yeah. like probably would have gone um on the second verse you know, <laughs> you know, um the song Grey yeah. Uh, you play a funny note in the. the so it probably would have been something along those yeah. lines. So, yeah. But um, so Danny got up and played guitar, and then I was like, um, I think T- Tim mentioned to me. Tim was like, "Oh, you're the guy who does the tabs on the the guitar tabs on the website." And like, yeah, he goes, he goes "Oh, you, you do do a pretty good job." And he goes, <laughs> "Do you? We're playing in Melbourne next week. We're doing an all ages show. Like, come along to that, and then you can jump up and play guitar." And I'm yeah. like. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, no worries. Oh, I'd love to. So obviously, listeners, Damien's voice hadn't broken by that point. Despite the fact that I was 16. But, um, uh, so yeah, like the, the next show, the, the, the next week, I came back home, the next show they played at the Hi-Fi Bar and I ended up getting up to play Come Home With Me and there was something about, like it was the first time I'd ever been up on stage with a real band yeah. playing. So can like, you remember how you... Were you nervous? Were you shitting yourself? Oh, you, fuck yeah. yeah. It was... I was terrified, but... We got up there and started playing, and so I kind of knew the songs, so kind of fumbled yeah. my way around it. Yeah. And then... 
we got to the end of the song and Tim's like, do you know how to play Kathy's Clan? I'm like, yeah, okay. So like tuned Next up, song. played Kathy's Clan. Like, and Tim was just kind of strutting around with a microphone and then wow. like, he was like, do you know how to play Rumble? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh my so, god! <laughs> <laughs> so you just kept, you just stayed up there, and just yeah. one after the other. Fucking hell! So, and so, and Tim was just, you know, just getting off on just. Oh yeah, he was and, getting off on like just, you know, just having a microphone wow. and, 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 and <laughs> delivering the song. So, uh, yeah, so I di- I didn't I didn't see them for. No, I ended up hanging out with them afterwards, and and I think I think I gave Tim and. Tim, Rusty, and Andy, my like, demo of my high school band, we yeah. were called the Odeon Sound. Yeah. And uh, well, you know, you had to, you had we, to do that. Hey, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> so they went, they were off on, went off on tour for the next few months to the US, and then after they came back, um, and actually by by this point, ninety eight, so I would have finished high school, and I'd started. Um, started university. I was uh, I was doing a journalism ah journalism degree. <laughs> Man after my own heart. That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> oh really? For, for one year before I right. Well, I, well, I, well, I can beat you because I, I I did I did it for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh wow! Okay. This was so you didn't, you didn't even rack up like was there still hex was hex still yeah there? I ended up having to so pay back a year's a... worth of he- no I did like oh, I, I, just, I just left it because basically what happened is after the after it was after the first or second day of uni the phone rang I hey hey Davey Tim Rogers here and I, I thought it, I in all seriousness thought it was one of my mates taking the piss out of me so right. I was like fuck off come on <laughs> who is this <laughs> Stu is that you. Stu? And he's like, no, it's Tim Rogers. And then, like, no, it's... Uh, and then it's like, uh, tweaked. And I was like, oh, actually, that's what he sounds like. Yeah, it is Tim Rogers. Like, oh, well, uh, oh, what would we... I don't think my voice had broken yet by this point. Oh, what, what's, what's going on, Tim? And he goes, oh, Tim said, oh, I've got, I've got, a, so, I've got a, um, a solo record coming out in a few months. Right. And... Uh, what rhymes with cars? What rhymes girls. with cars and girls? And brilliant album, absolutely fucking great album. Um, and I don't think it even was a few months. It was like the the solo record was coming out soon, and he was starting doing starting to uh, rehearse for shows. And um, he said, oh, "I'd really like to um, have a second second guitar player on the tour." And he goes, "Would you like to do it?" And I was like. Oh, I've just started uni, but, um, but, <laughs> but said, you know, I'm sure I'll find a way to make it work. And he's like, "Okay, cool, all right." I just well, have to ask my manager. <laughs> yeah, that's another guy. That's but, yeah, well, that, that's to- that's totally where I'm. Um, I'm, I'm channeling the uh, yeah the, the, the your, your the, hands the, are in the deep fryer. That's right. <laughs> that's if I, I had a girlfriend, <laughs> she'd kill me. <laughs> Paper or plastic, sir? Um, <laughs> Um, so he ended up like, it was like, okay, well I'll drive up tomorrow and, um, and then we'll just play to do some playing together. And so he came up and brought his guitar and him and I just sort of noodled around for a couple of hours and he was like, yep, no, no, this is going to work. There's a copy of the record, learn it. Like we, we, we do rehearsals, you know, start rehearsals in a few days kind yeah. of thing. Uh, it actually wasn't as hard to sell it to my parents as I thought it would be because they, yeah. 
that, that, they were you and my fans as well. Like, yeah, uh, you know, my dad was like, helps. "Oh, this guy's like, he's just like, look, he's got like Ray Davies' haircut." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so started to started rehearsal a few days. And, like, actually, went back to uni the next day and said, um, "I've just got offered this um, this tour with you know this this guy's band I, I really like," and like, and they're like. You've only been. This is like your third day here. Like you, you realize that you, you can't. You're just gonna have to tell them that you can't do it. And I was like, Oh, really? That's what they said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they said like, this was kind of like you know, suicidal for your for your you know tertiary career. Tertiary career. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, I know, but I'm getting to do it too with a guy in your mind. But <laughs> I'm really hoping my voice is gonna drop. Yeah, yeah, I, it's gonna drop. When I finish this tour. <laughs> I promise when my voice breaks, I'll come back to uni, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so ended up doing ended up doing this tour with Tim. It was a month long. Um, it was it was great, and t- Tim had this great band. It's this um, uh, Ant, this fellow Ann Kitney playing yeah, drums. drums. He, he drummed on the record, didn't he? He drummed on the record. Yeah, Jen Anderson from Wedding Parties. Anything yeah. he played violin. Um, yeah, Tim. It's a, a really a, acoustic record. Were you playing acoustic guitar? We were both playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. yeah. So um, and and singing a bit of harmony, bit of okay, harmony, yeah. harmony vocals as well. Um, and yeah, like an old dear friend of ours, Stewie Speed, who's who's no longer with us, but he was played double bass, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up rooming with him, and and you know just. It really was a crash course in, yeah, in yeah. you know le- learning to play in a band and yeah, being on yeah. tour. Yeah, totally. Because and, um, not, I mean, I suppose like it would have been even more of a crash course had you gone straight into a UMI, into the UMI tour. But still, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I think that was that was part of the the reason in hindsight that yeah, like yeah. Tim was. You've been drafted in as a rookie. You're on yeah, the rookie. yeah. You're on the rookie list, <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. We'll See, move up to the seniors. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, so we'd we'd finish that. That that tour is about a month long. It was heaps of fun. And then, uh, yeah, it was maybe a couple of weeks after that. Tim Tim called and said, "Well, you know, like, do you want to join the band?" And I'm, fuck, okay. Had Tim just moved to Melbourne? That, he moved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like around that time. Like it, that's right. Yeah. When he when I first. Like around that time that he called me and came over and like we we st- started playing music together. He he had just moved to Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, he was living in the city, mm. and um, yeah. So like it was it was maybe it was maybe a few weeks after that that we were yeah we were rehearsing with UMI and then was there another phone call like hey I'm, I'm and this, pretty and this sure time that... it's like. And it's definitely Jim Rogers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Hang on, no, you should be. <laughs> it's like, Davey, we've just been on tour for a month. Sure yeah, yeah. You, don't you know what my fucking voice sounds like? <laughs> um, so he, uh, yeah. So it, it was. It would have been a call, or maybe like maybe we'd we'd even kind of towards the end of that tour, we'd had some. We'd maybe talked about yeah, it, yeah. and and you know, like as, you know, we see how it goes. Yeah, and. Um, but but by this point, I'd I'd met and hung out with Rusty a few times and yeah, kind of yeah. got to know him. And he, which by which time he'd already turned me on to, which is, you know, because Rusty is such a, a has such an encyclopedic yeah, knowledge of music. Yeah. By this time, he'd already turned me on to you know, all, all all the nugget stuff <laughs> right. and all these like 
all these like you know obscure garage psych freak beat fucking gems so yeah so and Andy I'd met a few times but but, you know didn't know as well so we uh, so it was it was I think it was would have been like two or three weeks in between his tour and then we we started playing and then uh, my first show with the band was in New Zealand it was like a benefit for the for the local for the Auckland community radio station I think it was QFM or something like that they're called. We played there. Rehearsals are fine, but it was my first time on a stage playing a show with a loud rock band. Because yeah, obviously right. Tim's too. It was like it was all acoustic it's instruments. Very it different. Was yeah. Di- different kettle of fish. And I was mm. playing a. Um, I had a Fender Twin for and for for those who don't who are not guitar players, Fender Twins are like. Are uh, extremely loud, clean amplifiers, and I was trying to get that that guitar UMI guitar sound mm. with the Fender Twin, which was which which was just not working at all. And I remember like making, I remember like like going to Mister Milk or something because I that I was playing the twelve string and play the the intro lick to that oh, yeah, song, yeah, yeah. and just making complete fucking mess of it, and having to stop, <laughs> and just seeing Tim around look at me going look. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and, I, and I was like, oh shit, this is oh oh my god, oh my god! Like, I think my, my voice. <laughs> That's uh, what your voice. My got. voice. Uh, my voice. Uh, oh fuck! My, no, my voice broke. But I think it unbroke at that point. Oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> I ended up like it, each subsequent song turning my amp down and down and down until uh, the end of the show. I don't, I don't think my amp was on at yeah, all. Yeah. Like, I was just that, I was just that fucking. A bit shell shocked and a bit yeah, and it was even like we walked off stage and I was kind of, I was half contemplating saying to the guys, look, no, thank you so much. Fuck. You guys are one of my favorite bands. Uh, I don't want to see. How old were you? Were you, were you in, if I, I just, just turned eighteen. Oh shit! You yeah, bastard. So I, <laughs> at that point, and that was the thing is, it's like I, you know, gr- growing up, going to school, I was like pretty pretty socially inept kind of like I was and then you kind of thrust into this world we all mm. always hanging out with people always meeting yeah, new people yeah. and I was, I was like that that part of it as well was just yeah, like yeah. kind of um being thrown into the deep end but like yeah. I mean I'm I mean thank thank Christ thank Christ for that though because like, I, I I mean you know like I I don't even want to. I wouldn't even like to uh, hypothesize on what else I, yeah. on what I'd be fucking doing if I didn't. But yeah, so it was. It was over. The, it was probably like you know, from from the space of Tim making that phone call to to playing that first UMI show. Maybe maybe like a couple of months, two yeah, or three yeah. months. But um, so the what? Uh, so you finished that first gig, and you know you you you're in your head. You're like, oh, fuck, I, I'm you know really doubting whether. I can do this. Yeah. Um, what was the aftermath of that? You know, did you even 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 just uh, I, I get anxiety just thinking about that <laughs> show. <now. laughs> oh, but we luckily the second show we did was in Sydney. It was a festival. It was the um, it was a Tibetan Freedom Concert Festival. Yeah, right. We played that. Did you? Fuck, that was your right. second gig. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Oh my god, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. And. Um, and that was I. I actually remember that being like, uh, like equally as intimidating. But like, well, that was a big yeah. It was a big show. It was a, it was it was a big gig. Yeah. Gig. Fucking hell. And um, it's not like playing at you know 
the Annandale or something. Well, where, where is it? Was it out in a home or something? Yeah, it was like um, one of the like. Play, I just remember it was like playing in a massive yeah, hangar or something. Yeah, like that's that. right. Um, I think maybe or was it show, some kind of showgrounds or something like that? Um, yeah, but it does. It was no. It was out in home. That was before the Olympics, though. It, it well, yeah, it was '99, yeah. So I remember yeah. meeting Neil Finn because I was like a massive Neil Finn Crowded yes. House fan. Yeah, as well, and I think Tim. Got up, it, I think Tim played a song with him that day. I think so. He yeah, he did. Um, was, she will have her way. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I remember watching Side of Stage. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I think I can't remember who had told him. I mean, it was the first time I'd met Cram as well, because I think oh, Spider yeah, Bay right. played as well. So I hang out with Cram. We met Neil Finn. And it was a. Gertrude oh, played that as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, fuck, yeah, it was a good laugh. I just remember meeting Neil Finn. So, oh my God, Neil Finn. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, I've heard about you. You're, you're a young bugger, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, but for, for, from that show on, I kind of felt like, okay, look. Like, and it still really took me another couple of years to 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 feel to feel to feel like I was actually like contributing something to the band right. as opposed to just like trying to trying to keep keep up and hope for mm. the best kind of thing. At any point since then, I don't want to move too fast forward, but um, have you ever spoken to Tim or any any of the other guys and about what they were? In that during that time about what they were talking about and like what they were thinking, I, like I know, haven't really yeah. to be to be honest. Yeah. Nah. Do you think they talked about it before when they were in America before Tim asked you to do the solo thing? Do you I, think they'd already talked about? T- I think they. I think they had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like um, like Tim had 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 brought brought up the idea of 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 getting me to play guitar. Yeah. And, um, because he was and, like, sick of playing all the solos. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there was a bit of that as well because, like, you know, it just freed Tim up to... Oh, totally. To... Yeah, I can't imagine. As soon as I go to, like, playing, sing anything on a single string, I can't sing anymore. It's like... That, well, that's it. I mean, there's something about singing as well when you're singing, like, which is, I always have a great admiration for, for bass, for, for singing bass players right. because... Yeah, yeah. For for me, as when whenever I'm singing, it's like for some reason when you know when you're playing guitar, you hit you, you're strumming a chord, and more you know like most often than not, you you the the note that you're singing is in the chord that yeah, you're playing, yeah, so you can sure. pick it out. Like, and there's a natural rhythm that to totally you know yeah. go together. You know, it just comes kind of naturally. You don't really yeah have yeah yeah playing part and singing harmonies too. Because that's kind of that's right. That well, that's another feel a bit unnatural. Yeah, it's another another block to put on top yeah. of it, isn't it? Fuck yeah. yeah, I did this a tour with Josh Pike right in the last year. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. We played as a duo for the. We just, yeah. Um. So we just alternated, alternated. Um. It was kind of you know uh, Paul Kelly and Neil. The Finney Neil. Did, Fe- yeah. Right. So did did you guys <laughs> sing each other's songs? Yeah. Right? So we kind of used the the, the uh, Neil and Paul. Thing as a bit of a template. We yeah, saw the way yeah. they did. We thought that's a great idea. Let's let's do that. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we just alternated between songs. Both of us on playing as a duo, so backing each other up on each other's songs. So I had to learn a whole heap of uh, Josh's songs. And um, so like, but I'm learning all the bits that either are the most unnatural or the, like the the lyrics. I mean. Yeah, learning somebody else's words. It's like learning how somebody else talks. It's fucking totally. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very outside of yourself. Yeah. Um, and learning all the harmonies. You know, I mean, 
which is it's it's such a different well for, for me anyway it's such a different exercise harmonizing is so kind of mathematical sometimes you really yeah. you know it's not always natural you know and you do i do find sometimes you know my i'm forcing my voice to to move in a way that it wouldn't normally if i was singing lead or whatever exactly to yeah, match yeah. Up or to, and and also you know it's somebody else has written those songs and you know yes yeah. so i mean I there's the, that that whole thing there's the there's the phrasing yeah stuff to get your head around as well yeah. and like yeah like we're, we're, it's funny with harmonies like when i was talking about neil finn before like uh, this is probably about 10 years ago now, I did three months playing in Crowded House as did a tour through uh, Europe and did Australia playing. Yeah. It's sort of like fifth kind of like utility guy yeah, playing. Yeah, so you do that. Because um, I'm pretty sure you were playing with him in Perth. You did a Perth show. That's at, right, Kings Park. Was, was it Kings no, Park? No, it was like it was a different garden. Um, it was more, more in <coughs> town. city on the Esplanade. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. supported, I, I was just oh. supporting yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. And Augie March were playing as well. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. did the Perth one and Augie March were doing the whole run. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I saw you play that. Yeah. I think he was doing a bit of 12-string as well. Yeah, and... yeah. Just, just like odd, like some Mellotron bits and... Yeah, yeah. But like a lot of backing vocals as well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, a lot of those Crowded House songs, are, like we were talking about before, songs are just ingrained as you grow up. Like, yeah. But you kind of take for granted when... Especially in songs where like... Maybe like Tim Finn was singing on, on and like it, you know they're video very um, idiosyncratic harmonies yeah, right. and melodies. It's yeah, like, yeah. like when they when they're all when they're when they're kind of like bolted Bolt together, it, it, yeah. it all makes sense. Yeah. But like, but yeah. is there like a small degree of if you're just slightly wrong, it can sound like you're way wrong. Oh or? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. And that that was the thing. Like and Neil. Like of of anyone I've played with, he is the most like he's he's such an incredible year for like yeah. we'll, we'll, we'd walk off. St- I mean, if 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 there was like maybe one note wrong, he would like there'd be like a little turnaround. And it yeah, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be like, hey, fuck you. It'd be right. like more like a I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not getting past me. <laughs> and we'd we'd get off stage, and he would go. Oh. In the second verse, you were singing the you were singing the fifth oh, on that. Like fucking hell! How do I reckon you should stay. sing? You should, you should sing the third. I'm <laughs> That's like, amazing. How the fuck could you even hear? I know. Like, and, like, and he's singing as well. He's singing. And he's like doing his own fucking thing. Yeah. But. Yeah. See, see, that's like the side of. That I and I use the word mathematical to describe it, but that's just my own word. It doesn't. Yeah, necessarily, yeah. It's Not necessarily the right word, but for me, like that's just a part of the brain. That is just you technically on a level that I just I can't. I'm just no, not. I, I, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm just like fucking hell. That that is. You, how did you? How the fuck did you hear that? Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I want to do another. another... Yeah. All right. Yeah. One more. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. I'll have another beer. No, 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 it's all good. Um, so there's like a music component to this podcast that I think I completely forgot to uh, ask you about. Um, but do you... 
use iTunes to listen to music? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I use, uh, uh, well, I've, I've got like an Apple Music subscription as well. So. Do you have it on that computer? Mm. Because there's like a, um, there's a playlist that you can access that's like your top 25 most played Oh, songs. okay. So yeah, can, right. And it, so, so Apple obviously is just like keeps a, a yeah, record yeah. of your listening and, and, and adds yeah. them up. And so what I do at the end of all of these with my guests is we, we talk about three songs just randomly. I just like throw a number out there and you yeah. look up what, what it is and we talk about that song for a bit. Okay. So how do you get to, how do you say, if you go to play, playlists. Yeah. Uh, oh, top 25. Top 25 play, there we go. So don't show me what it is. Okay. But, that um, can't be right. <laughs> That's what everybody says. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Beyonce Lemonade? <laughs> Number one? It's got this like compilation of my, my own song. Yeah. Even that, though like, I that, haven't... Look, you'll get no judgment from me there, No, no, that's all right. what I do on my top playlist when I go to access it, um, whenever I see one of my own demos and something in there, I, you can reset them to zero. And then ah, it takes to take it out of the list. Cool. So I just go yeah. through and I just reset all my songs just, yeah. to, get, just to get them off there. Yeah, but absolutely. Re- re- reset if, plays, cool. If I never did that, then my top 25 would be all my own stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> because, and, and, and I'm sure I've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, purely because like when, for me, when I'm demoing songs, I'm always like putting down a version yeah. and then I listen to come up with lyrical ideas you're, I just listen to it exactly a lot and yeah and kind of come up with lyrics that way yeah and it did do you find sometimes like, I'd be interested to hear what, what your process with writing lyrics is I mean for me it's like I mean music always the music always comes first Same. for me yeah and um, like a melody and more than that, it's just like it's kind of like scatting a melody, and then there might be something like f- phonetically, which yes. kind of sounds like it might be a hook, which yeah. might inform a certain like yeah few words, which then like <laughs> inform the rest of it. But yeah, I, I would write a lot of stuff in that way, and I look back at you know from when I when I was you know still a teenager writing, and and that was almost how I did it then too. Right, it's just and. I don't know if there's a great article that um, Jeff Tweedy, that I read that Jeff Tweedy from Wilco wrote, talking about his method, and he talks about that exact same thing. He's got, he calls it a name, I don't know. Oh, that's right. He says he does mumble tracks, and so he right. records like, like a, a bunch of um, separate um, vocals, demos, just singing along to the song, but just mumbling along to just and ad libbing, just singing whatever comes out. Yeah, in it and kind of mumbling his way through, and he'll do that like I don't know a bunch of times on on the song. Yeah, and then you know he'll go away once he's got a heap of songs, and once he decides okay, it's time to kind of start putting lyrics together for all these songs. Yeah, he goes back and he just listens back. Because I'm assuming that once he's done his mumble tracks, then he just puts it, puts it away and doesn't return to it. Right. Yeah. And then so like, yeah, down the track he'll go, he'll revisit all these demo songs and he'll listen back to all the mumble tracks. And while he's listening back to the mumble tracks, he's transcribing what he what he's hearing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that 
is the starting point. And then it'll go through and it'll just start editing. Yeah. And, you know, some, some stuff will make really cool sense and, and he'll keep it. Other stuff, he might make little changes. Other stuff he'll get rid of completely. Yeah. But um, from that sort of starting point, then he can start editing and kind of constructing and That's, putting yeah. something together. And yeah, like when I read that, it was kind of one of those moments. And this happens a lot, I'm sure, for anybody involved in the creative arts because it's such a particularly songwriting stuff, it can be such an insular kind of individual sort of process, right? Yes. And I just find it so wonderful um, and reaffirming and reassuring to read articles by other songwriters, particularly ones that I admire, who talk about processes where I go, ah, that's I can relate to every all of that. Exactly. exactly yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And, you know, and if you're doing it, well, then... Ah, oh, because you know, so many times I'll say people will ask, you know, what's your method for songwriting stuff? I don't have an immediate answer. I'll I'll think back and go, oh, okay, well, yeah, sometimes I do this and sometimes I do that. I don't have like a method where I can just say, well, this is how I do it, you know. Well, that's the thing, and we're not, you know, we're not those kind of songwriters that like, you know, clock in for the day, and it's not. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's like. Sometimes it happens and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Like yeah. it's and like I fumble no... my way through it. People will often be surprised when I say, like, I find making records harder now than I did fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. Because what they're probably hearing and thinking is like, But you've been doing it for so long, surely you're getting better at it. Surely it gets easier. It's like, nah, for me, it actually kinda of gets harder. The yeah. work is harder. <clears throat> because twenty years ago I didn't really give a fuck about the lyrics. And, well, you know? and that's the thing. And so it's like fuck like for, for me, going going back and listening to anything that I've I wrote when when I was younger and like you know, like my uh, I had l- limited life experience and exactly, like, yeah. it's 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 just like oh my Oh, fucking hell! That's is it, the, the sometimes there's like there's a there's a naive charm to to to, to it, but yeah, like, yeah, but now yeah, absolutely because I it mean, can still be honest. I think that's where that naive charm can come from, right? Because even if you don't have much to write about and you're kind of in in inverted commas just making shit up, yeah, it can still come from a place of sincerity and a place of honesty, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think people can hear that, yeah, they, they can get that, and that's where that what that what I you know would describe as that endearing kind of naivety yeah, comes yeah, yeah. from, you know. Yeah. You can tell if somebody is putting something on or if somebody's giving it from the heart, even if... It, yeah. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. like, Nirvana, like so many Nirvana songs, when I was like heavily, when I was heavily into Nirvana, man, back in the nineties, <laughs> I was using like every fucking day. You right? were, yeah, yeah, I yeah. had a big habit, right? <laughs> um, and it was taking over my life, seriously. <laughs> Um, but I realised because I was working out on a, a Nirvana song, um, "Serve the Servants." It's always been one of my favourite oh, songs. Oh, that's my favourite Nirvana song. I've been kind of like just throwing throwing that in as a cover every now and then. That first um, chord. It's all these sevens. It's all these. It's all seven chords. It's like a Beatles song when yeah. you play it by yourself on an acoustic. It's like a fucking Beatles tune. Right. It's like um, B It's like A. Well, I'm playing it A seven D seven E seven D seven. Right. Yeah. 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 Through, in the chorus, it kind of does an F and. But yeah. um, but it's all seventy chords. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyway. And so I was learning this song, and I was like, I'll, I'll look up the lyrics, and I realised that like, like there were a lot of lyrics that I'd never actually known what he was actually saying. Right. When right, I was right. singing along, I was just kind of mumbling on what I thought it sounded like. Yeah. But never really. So I guess my point is that at the time, it didn't really matter to me exactly what the words were because I felt like I knew I was getting enough of a feeling of what 
the song was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and and Kurt was never a um, you, you know, ne- never averse to like, you know, like stream of consciousness kind sure, of. Like, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like fucking like he- there was a lot of weight to his lyrics as well. Mm. Like, in, in in points, but like you know, like he was like, what rhymes with mosquito? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, so mm. top twenty-five most played, Davey. Yeah. Know. What okay. we can do is, um, well, what we just to make it easier on you, give us the number one song. All right. We'll have a quick chat, and I'll put it up on. I'll put up the little Spotify playlist as well. Cool. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, n- number one, I've got uh, at sixty plays is a song called "Forget All About It" by a band called The Naz. Yeah, we are the purple man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is that there, there's a Naz song called "Open My Eyes," which is a which is on Nuggets. Which is a I don't know. Let's see if this. Which uh, I know that even song as well. Yeah. But... Oh, it's... Maybe it's just quickly tuning up the. Uh, now, what kind of Epiphone guitar is that? Uh, that's an Epiphone. This is an Epiphone Casino. Ah, oh, like a proper, like a, a real one. Yeah, like yeah. a, like a. I've got a fake one. <laughs> like so a, that's what a, a real a one copy. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's an Epiphone, but it's a um, it's a reissue. It's like a um, uh, John Lennon signature. They brought yeah, out when they celebrated the. What was it like? like the, and it's some anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it's like the revolution. Yes. Uh, well, the, well, this is a Japanese one, but um, it's got um, it's got yeah, I've 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 carved, carved my name and cat my girlfriend cat curve carved her name. and Tim was over at our house <laughs> getting drunk as well. So he got his name in there a, too. There's a, there's a tr yeah. etched in the in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the but the. There's this Naz song called "Open My Eyes," which is one of my favourite songs of all time. And the guy, the songwriter from the Naz was Todd Rundgren, who's oh, like right. massive, massive okay. like hero of mine. Like, so Todd Rundgren, so this was his band before he was doing solo stuff, or that's right, that kind of how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, he was when he was like 18, 19. Right. But like still writing these ridiculously like complex, like harmonically complex kind of like yeah, Beach yeah. Boysy kind of songs. Yeah. And um, Todd Rundgren's American, right? He is, yeah. yeah where from, do you know whereabouts? I think he's from Philly, Philly I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, but the, the, the riff for the Naz song is like... 
I think yeah. that the, the, the Avon song was a... It's something yeah, like that, but it's, the but it's a there's a there's a there's a yeah, little yeah. cheeky reference in yeah, there. Yeah, cool. But um, I think that might be why it's called "We Are the Purple Manners." And um, can you remember like "Hey Discovered" that song, or is there you know any particular what what do you, well, what do you love about it? Yeah, like well, "Open My Eyes." I discovered like we were talking about Rusty before and how he introduced me to a lot of right like, that kind. It was through him, yeah, yeah. really, when I would have been eighteen. He introduced me to. Uh, open my eyes, but this particular song, forget all about it, is yeah. I mean like, that that it's in my top. It's got to be in my top ten favorite songs of all time. Um, what well, what's the kind of what's the kind of setting? What's the environment uh, where you, this would be your go to be? Pr- like? Probably like probably drunk on an aeroplane. <laughs> is right. my like yeah yeah. Is it's it's one of those songs. It's yeah, like yeah. sort of cosmic pop, and it's funny <laughs> when you listen to it because I know like. And I've had chats to, to to Kevin about it as well. I know he's he's a big Todd Runger fan, but like like Kevin Parker really. I mean, like when you listen to the Naz and Todd Runger and stuff, right. or Wizard of Shrewsbury, you can really kind of almost yeah, hear right. a, 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 like a like a germ of a template for yeah, Tame Impala in right. there. Yeah, in yeah. there, it's um I love songwriting that takes like you know you know takes like left left turns mm-hmm. from from here and there and so it's just it's for me it's just like a perfect pop song yeah yeah cool. yeah what about say like so that was number one yep so what it's like number five number five number five is a song by another one of my favorite songwriters um andy partridge or well, this is an xtc song do you, do you oh, know okay. much XTC? Yeah, yeah a little bit yeah yeah this song is called the disappointed it's off one of their their, their record uh, called Non Such from 1991 <laughs> He's one of the he's one of the like great um, uh, like, like un, unsung heroes of English songwriting. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's he was a guy who was into he was into a lot you know like into into the Beatles and uh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But like he's he's would this be like classic kind of power pop sort of stuff? It's kind of power pop, but it's it's like it has classic power pop kind of changes in it, but it's. It like again, again with this song, it takes like he he has he has a, like such an incredible way with melody and sings notes that sometimes will throw notes in that like aren't 
kind of aren't supposed to be there that yeah. are a bit jarring, but when yeah. they resolve to something that's kind of glorious, it kind of right. it's yeah. it's like that. He's actually a great proponent of that kind of like tension and right. release yeah, kind yeah. of kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm a massive a massive XTC fan. Um, all right, and let's do one more. Yeah. Um, Lucky number nine. John Lennon's favourite number. What's number nine? <laughs> Lucky number nine is Jaded by Aerosmith. Oh! Do you know that? <laughs> So think about Aerosmith, and, and that's and I, I apart from like the the later stuff, like you know, Janie's got a gun. And stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. But I like. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> sort of disregarding those kind of mod, more modern kind of hits they had. Um, my mind always goes immediately to that fucking fabulous movie. It's one of my favourite movies of all time, Dazed and Confused. Ah, yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. The, and the one of the the big sort of thing part of the movie is like you know at right at the end, you know, they're all. God, I've got tickets to go see Aerosmith, you know. And there's some Aerosmith stuff on that soundtrack. But yeah, so, but then that's kind of referencing, early, you know, the early kind of, I'm assuming kind of 70s-ish. Tim Rogers put me onto Aerosmith because he's a fucking massive, massive Aerosmith fan. Yeah, right. But J- Jaded actually is, is like a single from like 1990. It's, it is one of the like ah, one of the more songs. So it wouldn't be off the same record as... Uh, Janie's Got a Gun or whatever. I, would I have think been like it 90. might be slightly later than, oh, than, than Janie's Got a Gun. This is like 99, maybe. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. But it, it's... it's. Um, is this what you might call a guilty, guilty pleasure? pleasure. <laughs> yeah, this is what some of might define as a guilty pleasure. You know what? I'm not fucking guilty no, no. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's just... I mean, it, it's, it's a great pop song. And it's a song that Tim and I always... Van rides back from from right. shows. They're like, let's, let's put oh, fucking yeah. jaded on. Yeah, yeah. A... Absolutely. I was wondering if a song on if we might touch on a song that would uh, fit that description because <laughs> yeah, like the uh, the late night drive home back to the hotel after a show. Yeah. When everybody's usually you know pretty drunk. Yeah. And um, somebody's playing DJ, mm. or maybe everybody's fighting over, or you're taking in turns, maybe, yeah. you know, yep. everyone choosing songs, and in this wonderful age now with Bluetooth, where, you know, you don't have to have fucking Yeah, you don't have to fuck around with cables, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's just an amazing thing, but um, yeah, you know, sometimes if that drive, you know, could, could 
could get up to an hour or two hours long sometimes yeah. depending on I always the find the the, the the drive that is probably feels longer than it actually is can is I the... guess can I guess let me get try and guess okay alright okay it yeah. feels longer than it feels longer than it is it's probably about two hours but like you're just driving in a straight line through like cut out okay. mountains Newcastle to Sydney <laughs> yes <laughs> totally and you know this is that's like I, as soon as you said it I knew it was Newcastle to Sydney because I think it's one of those ones right where and in more in more recent times I've been staying in Newcastle rather yeah. than done that drive for a little while mm. but um but I always remember it's being the longest drive home after a show of almost anywhere in Australia because for some reason we'd always just st- keep we if we had a bunch of shows around in Sydney and just outside of Sydney, whatever you just bunker down in the one hotel. Exactly, it's staying. And Newcastle Sydney. was kind of like the furthest gig away. Where yeah. I guess whoever's organising tour is going, ah, yeah, we'll do the drive rather than get a hotel. Yeah, we'll do the drive. Yeah, it just fits within that sort of ring of distance of, that's drivable after. Yeah, 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 it's on the fucking outskirts. <laughs> it's, it's right it's, on the edge. It's right on the edge, <laughs> and you yeah. always have to stop to you know do a pierce and. Yeah, you just drive in a straight line for for yeah. what seems like a lot longer Fuck than yeah. maybe an hour or something, but then you hit that. You kind of have to drive through. You yeah. kind of get off the freeway and have to drive through the suburb. And yeah, that yeah. takes fucking out. Yeah. I'm not complaining about Newcastle or Sydney. No, but... fucking, no. Well, <laughs> it's just a drive. It's yeah. Give me Newcastle any night of the fucking week. Mm. <laughs> and how do the other guys feel about this song? Then? Uh, Put on in a group in a group situation. Does it cause any well conflict or controversy? Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm sure, like Tim and I, are probably the uh, the, the the biggest fans in the group yeah. of that song <laughs> because the other guys hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we all our tastes are all aligned to a point, but yeah, I think yeah. when when it's uh, late night driving back after a gig, there's like I think that's where. Oh like, yeah, you, know, you get a the, real sense of yeah. Yeah, like people will be like, "What place of fucking like yeah, yeah. <laughs> disco stuff?" Like yeah. and like. You know, yeah. basically, I I I just kind of go. Can, can we put some ELO on yeah. now? It's kind of, well, it's almost a confessional. It's almost like you know, it's when somebody's going to play some music that you never would have guessed that they liked, or they're also going to confess something about themselves. Like, guys, right? Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong emotions. Like, it's been a long day. You know, people yeah. are going to play stuff that they would not. Well, you're going to put before. something on as a statement. <laughs> and so, a statement yeah, song. You yeah. know what? <laughs> If you don't like it, then fuck you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I reckon let's let's uh, call it, Davey. Thank yeah, you no so worries. much for chatting to me. I think nah, we've fuck. Been talking for quite some time. That's um, all good. Thank, thanks so much. This is like the most fun pod. I've done like a few podcasty things, but like this is. This this is like fucking having sitting around and having having a chat with a mate. That's what it's all about, mate. That's what it's all about. Um, is what stuff you got coming out? That you, is there anything you want to plug? Well, I've got a record coming out in oh, August and new solo record, right. and that's uh, yeah coming out in August and be doing some shows around that. What's and it called? It's called I'm Gonna Burn Out Bright. Ah, oh, nice. It, it's like a. Uh, it was uh, n- n- not not that my my outlook is 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 that bleak, but like okay, uh, for some, for a different number of reasons, I approach this record. Okay, if this is the last record I ever uh, get to make, what would I do? And like, I basically just it, it's just like a, a big brush pop record. Yeah, really. cool. But um, and you recorded it. 
But did you record it yourself or did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah recorded it all, all in, here. All here. In the, I've in heard the stuff that you've recorded yourself before. That sounds fucking amazing. Oh, so. thanks, thanks, mate. Well, this was the the the, um, the last record I did uh, was with Tony Buchan, who yeah, yeah. who's who's yep. done champion, fucking champion fella, fucking top bloke, and now living uh, in LA. Yeah. Bastard. So, yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Tony. Fuck <laughs> you, Tony. Um, but I, yeah, recorded it all here and got um, this fella, John Castle, uh, oh, yeah. I know, John. to, to yeah. mix it. And he did a cracking job. It's almost like I wanted to track it here and and I kind of threw the kitchen sink at it and then mm. like give it to someone with a, with more refined ears to yeah. make some sense of it. So Awesome. But, um, so that's coming out in August and you'll be doing, so touring with a band? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> budget the kind of budget rec- permitting. Is it the kind of record that is, would be tough to uh, yeah. do by itself? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're 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 on to supporting Wolfmother at the moment, and we're doing it as a three piece, like guitar, bass, drum. So we usually have James Fleming who plays plays yes. with you as well, yep. playing keys. But it was just there's a couple of songs where, like, dare I say it, we have. A synth backing track running uh, while we okay. no guitars or vocals, but like I figure if the if the who could do it, then like uh, then then the, hey, look, hey. Know, these days these I days think, all bets are off. I, I mean, really, I think now now I think nowadays people are less like well, yeah, because the bar has completely changed. I mean, like I mean now artists uh, artists I use that word the loosest possible way, but um people who make a living from music. I hear, um, will just go on tour on their own with a fucking iPod and just play it like an entire backing track, less except for vocals. Right, run, right. Basically, just plug an iPod into a PA and sing along. Karaoke and, style. Yeah, and, that, and, and they'll do a fucking whole tour of that night after night, which, you know, obviously, you now there's a part of me that's like, uh, just, I just can't, it's hard to even imagine that as being like a no, thing. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and say that I can't appreciate like how amazing it would be to finish your gig, pick up your iPod and fucking walk <laughs> oh, out the yeah, door. Yeah. Like, That's it. <laughs> like, and you know, go to the airport, just straight through to... You know, exactly, yeah, nothing no to check to, on. It's like, that would be, that would be amazing. That would be, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I but stylistically, I, I, I just, I can't imagine... I, yeah, that, that style of performance. I think for for either of the our you know the oeuvres that we uh, yeah operate. <laughs> Imagine like what I should do. This is what I should do for a tour. Is like, um, <laughs> I should make a record right that's just like super stripped back. So the whole thing, like you know, Springsteen, Nebraska, or something. So the whole yeah. thing is just like pretty much one voice and one acoustic guitar. Right? Yeah, and then go on tour. And just do, use a backing track, not play guitar, and just sing. Do a single guitar. Yeah. All right, we're being silly now. Thank you, Davey. Thank, Thank you, you so Kevin. Much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. See you soon. All the best with the record, too. Thank you.